text this morning we're going to be is Daniel chapter 3. And would our scripture reader come up and, and read that for us? Thank you. All right, our text this morning is Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth six cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the provinces of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, 
and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. This is God's word. Who don't know me, I'm Pastor Eric. I'm one of the elders here at Crossway, and... Um, Daniel 3, lot to cover here. Have you ever gone out needing to uh, set up a piece of furniture in your house and you come home with a box and then you open that box and all the pieces come out and you look for the instructions and there may be stick figures with probably words that you don't understand or just like a single word, connect. And you, you, at that point, you're kind of sucked in, right? Like, it's got you. And you do your best to come up with a, a way on, on how to put this, these pieces together. And, and somehow, over the course of four or five or ten hours later, you have yourself, you know, some representation of the picture on the box, right? After... Several times of, uh, for me of doing that, I was like, there's got to be a better way, right? Like, there's got to be a better way to spend all these hours than to, to set up a box like this. So I started kind of dabbling into building my own furniture, crafting my own stuff, right? 
And, you know, the thing that I noticed, the biggest difference is, one, it was purposeful, right? Like, you had to have, you know, the right piece of wood. You had to have all of the right connectors. You had to make the right cuts and, and put it together exactly as it went. And so whether you're being purposeful or kind of being brought along by some directions, you're setting something up, right? What if I told you that is the way and the nature of our own hearts, right? That whether we're kind of being guided along by other things or we're purposeful in the things that we're trying to build, that we're setting things up in our hearts. See, the things in which we set up in life, they matter. What are you setting up? So as we look at the book of Daniel, we're kind of jumping into chapter 3 here. I kind of have to start a little bit before to kind of get some context, right? And so at this point, the, the Israelites are, are in exile in Babylon, or at least some of them. And a while back, God had warned Israel, hey, look, you guys are being unfaithful. You need to turn back to me or judgment will come about. And... They didn't turn back to him. And so Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar came and kind of destroyed Jerusalem and began to take exiles back to Babylon for their purpose in his courts. And, and at the beginning of, of Daniel, Daniel has this time where he's like, hey, I don't want to eat the king's portion of, of food. I want to eat this stuff that God has for me. And, and just bear with me, because if you give me some time to eat that, you'll notice that I'll be just as good, if not better, than the food of those who are eating your food. And the king sees, oh, okay, yeah, he is. And he kind of gives him a, an elevated position. And, the, and then in the next chapter, chapter two, we see uh, King Nebuchadnezzar have this dream. And no one can decipher what that dream is, except Daniel comes again and deciphers the stream. And the king, again, elevates Daniel's position because God has given him favor. And Nebuchadnezzar has started to see, instead of the unfaithfulness that Israel showed before, the faithfulness of a God of Israel. And here we meet uh, at chapter 3. And we need to recognize the tendency of our own hearts to set up idols and faithfully trust the saving power of God. So as we kind of dig into this, this chapter here, we're going to take it kind of, have you ever read a book and you read the, the beginning and then just wanted a sneak peek at the end, only to go back and fill in all the details in the middle? That's kind of how we're going to have, handle this today is we're going to look at the beginning, hit the end, and then fill in the middle. So our hearts are drawn to set up our own images. So we see in verses 1 through 15. See, King Nebuchadnezzar wants to show his power and glory. So he sets up this golden image that's 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. And it's, it's, it's glory for everyone to see. And, and he invites all of the people in the land, the, the, the governors, the, the military leaders, the provincial leaders, to come and observe the dedication and celebrate this, this great golden statue which he has set up. 
And see, as part of that dedication, we're all probably familiar with this story, right? The, the, the music pay, plays and, and they're supposed to bow. We see here in the first few verses, it's, this was an image that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. And five times in the next six verses, it says this. It says, the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up. This was his doing. This was his direction. This was his heart's inclination to set it up. It was his doing. He did it. See, when I was reading this passage, I realized that King Nebuchadnezzar isn't all that much different than you and I. Our heart's inclination is to set things up. Our heart's desire is to set things up. See, we're all fallen humans with hearts after our own desires, seeking to worship and lift ourselves up above all else. And we see that in this story here. It's a story of the human condition. Our hearts are drawn to set up our images of worship above God. So I see this on display way too often in my life as I interact sometimes with my kids. And it's really around the, the, the things of comfort, convenience, and control in my life. Right, like I'm, I'm doing something that I really want to do, or it's bedtime and I'm ready to go to sleep. My kids always have this ability to come get me at when I'm most comfortable or at the most inconvenient spot or when I'm looking for there to follow my control. And it's very noticeable when I'm in that state because my response is not gentle. My response is not, yeah, guys, I got you. My response instead is harshness and how dare you interrupt the things that I'm doing. And they see my harsh responses. And we'll see here that in this passage, we see the same type of responses from King Nebuchadnezzar. And we'll see two areas where we often set up images in our own hearts. And the first one is in our heart attitudes. Those comforts, the conveniences, the control, the pride of our lives that elicit the greatest responses in our hearts. Those are our heart's attitudes. See, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not pay attention to the images of King Nebuchadnezzar, he was enraged. How dare them not, not bow before the idol that I have set up? How dare them bring them before me so we can make this right right now? King Nebuchadnezzar then says, hey, I'll give you guys a second chance. Is it true? Is it true that you're not going to worship what I've set up? Are you, are you really not going to do that? See, King Nebuchadnezzar could exact an edict of life for not following his, his orders. Now, we may not be able to exact that same type of edict in our lives, but we are exacting some type of edict whether it's through fury or making someone feel 
bad about themselves or how they respond to us or making people feel small or belittled. See, what are the edicts you're exacting when your heart's attitude are pressed? Your comfort, your convenience are threatened, or the compliance of someone else is questioned. What are you exacting? How does that look like in your life? How do you respond when your wife questions you or interrupts something that you think is really important? How do you respond to your kids when they bring about something that is not that great? Or your boss at work comes before you and says, you know what, I don't think you're doing that great of a job. And you know you're putting your full effort in. Do you see now the heart attitudes that you're setting up? The responses that are not what God would want us to, see, want to have us for? So we've got our heart attitudes, and then we also have got the things around us, whether it be our work, our family members, our relationships, entertainment, or stuff. All of these are things that we're setting our hearts on. Are you in business? Have you set up a place of pride and self-worship and accomplishments that you strive for? Rather than striving for success, and prominence in the office strive for faithfulness and working heartily unto the Lord for his glory, not yours. See, it's not that striving for excellence is bad. We should strive for excellence. It's about re-inverting uh, that, striving for excellence for our benefit, not for the Lord's. That's the issue. Have you set your hope in your kids and found that the tiresome days are kind of, they're not worth it? You don't set your hope on the eternal, external successes of your kids, their grades, their success. Instead, faithfully steward and disciple your children as, unto laboring, as you're laboring for the Lord rather than you're laboring for your own glory in them. Be faithful in stewarding. I've talked about this a little bit before. Dads, how are you responding when your comfort and convenience and, and your authority is being challenged by your children? Are they met with your wrath and rage or the tender, gentle love of Christ? singles? Are you setting your hearts on finding a spouse which is compromising your gratitude and joy for today? Instead, take advantage of the opportunity that God has you in now and be faithful where you're at now. God is faithful. Is your heart set on entertainment and comfort? That next vacation, that hunting or fishing trip, the big game, that family entertainment thing that you're going to do next weekend. See, God wants us to enjoy all of those things. But again, don't reverse that. Enjoy the things that God has given you and worship him for that. Not worship the things that God gives us and then him. And then we always have the stuff, right? That new house, the car, 
retirement or 401k. See, God wants us to enjoy the things, but not over him. So we may not have set up golden images like King Nebuchadnezzar or set forth an edict that all must bow, but we have set up those things that threaten or are not observed by others in our own heart, and people feel our wrath and our fury in a different way. And ultimately, we have set these images, these things in our own hearts, in acts of self-worship and not worshiping God. See, there is only one we should be setting up. We should be fleeing from the idols of our heart, and we should, be, we should set up Christ in his rightful place as number one priority of our lives. King Nebuchadnezzar was caught up in the same things that you and I have been caught up in. And that's elevating ourselves and our interests over God's. See, just like many sit here today, we've been impacted by the power of God. King Nebuchadnezzar was also impacted by the power of God in this story. Many of us have had the same question at some point in our lives. Who is the God that can deliver us? So now we head to the end of the story to see kind of what God did to rescue. What that looked like. So God's rescue is seen by all and draws others to him as we head to verses 26 through 30. See, Nebuchadnezzar calls out to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He goes like, come here. I see you guys are okay. Just come on out. There's no effects from the fire, no singe. Their clothing isn't burned. There's no smell of fire. If anybody has ever smoked meat, you know that there's a smell. It's usually a delicious smell, but... <laughs> but there was no smell. There was no... No one would have noticed if they had just showed up there that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had been in a fire. They, they didn't know. But King Nebuchadnezzar saw the amazing deliverance of these men by God. It led him to praise God. He said, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who delivered his servants who trusted in him. He praised the faithfulness of these men, their willingness to stand at the expense of their very lives to serve God. See, the reason I wanted to look at the, the end of the story, the back of the book, so to speak, is the book of Daniel is about that, right? It's about a book of hope and how God is in control of all things, and he will eventually deliver all through Jesus Christ, through the redemption of our sins. And we see that directly in this passage. We see Nebuchadnezzar influenced by the power of God's miraculous work performed in front of many to begin to soften his heart as he sees God's power and the faithfulness of others who follow him. Have you ever seen or been part of a rescue? We've seen rescue missions, kind of that kind of stuff. I remember when I was 13 or 14, 
I was involved in a pretty serious car accident. We were driving in the middle of nowhere on this mountain and uh, ended up going off the road and the, and the truck that we were in rolled from one switch back to the next. I was thrown from the vehicle. The rest of my family was unconscious and I was the only one conscious at the time. I'm in the middle of nowhere, stranded, no one to help, in need of rescue. It's a scary time. A few minutes later, by the grace of God, a couple drives up, and we're in the middle of nowhere, not expecting anyone to be there, and the rescue begins. First responders come, they save the lives of my family, and we're taken to the hospital, and we were rescued. See, the rescue of God is super important. See, God's rescue is sparked by our need for deliverance. I needed deliverance on that mountain. See, the furnace and King Nebuchadnezzar's response to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bowing down, it necessitated a rescue by God. See, without the furnace, there's no rescue. See, it's when we are in the furnace of our lives that we see our greatest need for God. It's in the furnace of life that God grows and shows us and others of their need for deliverance. See, this is the condition of man. We all need rescued from depravity. Romans 3 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The rescue we need is from the sin that separates us from God. The rescue we need is from the tendency of our hearts to set up little idols instead of rightfully setting Jesus in the place of worship of our hearts. See, the worst place to be is in a place where you don't think you need rescued. So Christian, let me ask you this. Do you need to be delivered from embedded sin in your life? Do you, need to, do you need to see your need for repentance for the things you have set up and draw to the only one who can rescue Jesus? If not, look right now, he's calling. He's saying, I can rescue you. Your sin is not too powerful for me. Sin, I can free you. I can bring joy to your sorrow. I can rescue you from this or from that. I've done it time and time again. Just look to me and call out to me. I'm here. So just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego needed deliverance from the fiery furnace, we need deliverance as we find ourselves bound by our sin and our fleshly desires. And there's only one rescuer. Second thing is, God's glory is seen by others in his rescuing. Are you recognizing that your furnace may be an opportunity to display God's faithfulness through your life to others? 
There's been, I don't know how many furnaces of life that I've been through. I've, I've been through financial tra- challenges and, and difficulty that God has, has rescued from me that I've been able to, to share with others and encourage them. We heard a couple weeks ago from Josh Collins, who has, is in the furnace and has been in the furnace and shared his walk with Christ with you and as I know has encouraged others. The impact that we can have on one another while we're either in the furnace, being helped by others, or out of the furnace, and needing help, it's, you can't describe the importance of being in someone's life when they're in the furnace. We need to be the encouragement and the help of others through transparency and mutual ministry. Right? If people don't know we're in the furnace, how are we supposed to get help? And if you see people in the furnace and you're not willing to help, how are they supposed to get help? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in, who are in any affliction with the comfort with we which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Are you always looking to get out of the furnace? Recognize that the work of God is doing and how your response is being seen by others. Share, comfort, encourage others as God works in your life. Be bold in telling what Jesus is doing. Because others, just as Nebuchadnezzar saw, and all the, the, the officials that were, they saw the work that God did. Others will see the work that God is doing in your life as you are faithful, little baby step by little baby step. See, the gospel of Jesus is for the nations. Bring it and show them the good news. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a foreign nation, and God used their placement where they were for his purpose. You don't have to go far. It doesn't have to be complicated. All you have to do is share your life, your story, what God has done. Be bold and share your life. And if you're, you've been through the furnace, encourage those who are in it now. It's powerful and gives God or gives glory to God and motivation to get through for the non-Christian. If you're sitting here this morning and you've seen the faithfulness and the power of God as, as he has delivered others from the furnace, it's not by accident. God wanted you to see that. See what God can do and grab a hold of it for your own life. It'll be worth it. So we've seen that we set up our own images and the impact of God's rescue and deliverance. 
Now let's head back to the middle of the story and see what led to this response that Nebuchadnezzar had in praising God. So the power of God and faithful obedience as we look in verses 16 through 24 in the fiery furnace. See, the last thing we looked at from King Nebuchadnezzar was his comment, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? The faithful obedience based on trust in the power of God. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered with a firm trust in God's ability to deliver with an understand that it's, God, it's God's prerogative not to, right? God saved them in this time. But he may not always. But they trusted that it was worth giving up their lives if that was what God had for them. See, they chose to trust God for the outcome. And then we see King Nebuchadnezzar's expression. He was enraged when they did that. And he executed his edict on them and said, it's going to cost them their lives. But it not only was in what King Nebuchadnezzar thought was that it was going to cost them their lives, it ended up costing some of his mighty men of his own army's lives. He was so upset. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are bound. They're thrown into the fiery furnace. And so we see here that faithfulness is not the absence of trials or perfect responses. See, it's a firm and unwavering trust and hope in God and a life of repentance. The reason Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have the ability to stand was not because of their great ability but God's ability to keep them standing. We also need to understand that their faithfulness wasn't just right in that moment, but their faithfulness was built in the consistent, small, ordinary things of life before the furnace came. Had the great opportunity to go to man camp. It was a sweet time. And if you didn't get to go, get together with one of your small group guys, talk about it. It was a sweet time talking about habits and how the habits of our life either do one of two things. They either pull us away from God by the currents of the world or they draw us to God. And, and this gentleman, Justin Early, shared his story about how the habits of his life were leading him away from God. And it wasn't until that he realized that that was the case and that he needed to work on the small, ordinary things of life that ended up drawing him back to the Lord. How are you readying yourself for faithfulness when it's time to face the furnace? See, this only comes by the power of God's word the encouragement in our walk and the mutual ministry of one another, faithful small group attendance, being plugged in. Like there's a reason why we call everyone here to small group attendance. There's a reason why we call people here to be in your word, to be in prayer, to be leading your family and family devotions. 
It's not just that we think it's a good idea. We do. But we know of the impact that those things will have on your life day to day, day to day. And when that furnace comes, you may not feel like you're ready. But those habits, that faithful time on Friday mornings at 6 a.m. with another dude, with another lady, become the foundation of faithfulness in the fire. Don't overestimate the ordinary. Resolve today to ready yourself for faithfulness. The furnace solidifies and refines our faithfulness, but it is built in the quiet and the ordinary before we face the furnace of life. And we see the power of God's protection in the furnace. As we look at verses 24 through 26, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men bound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. We see the manifestation of God's protection and deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right here. A physical appearance of a fourth person. Some commentators say it's it's an angel. Some say that it's the appearance or a manifestation of Christ. The important thing here is that this is a manifestation of God's deliverance, of his protection, and of his power. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were placed in the furnace. They were bound, destined for death, but they ended up unbound, saved by the power of God, and delivered for all to see. That's the power of God. See, the same is the case for us. Our hearts are bound by the images we set up, bound by the currents of this world, and bound by sin. However, through the work of Jesus on the cross, we go from hands bound to the rope and sin of death, burned by the deliverance of Jesus Christ. See, the reason we need to see the end is that we remember at the end comes the final redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And that we can push through the furnace of life with faithfulness, knowing what the end is, right? The end gives us the focus and motivation of what is to come. So we need to recognize these things. We need to recognize the things that we've been setting in our hearts. And we need to faithfully seek to put Jesus in his rightful place. And as you share of God's deliverance to others, encouraging them in their challenge and sharing with those who may not know, that is faithfulness and a trust in the Lord.